Okay, I don't know about y'all. I love singing, and the music has been incredible. And I think the thing I, I love about the singing is uh, that the diversity of the young people and then the young at heart, old and body people. And uh, so they, they, <laughs> they, they had left notes in my room, and uh, so I went in there. Again, uh, I was like on a journey trying to find out what is the clue, what is going on. And uh, this time everything was in a ball of yarn, and there were four of them. And so I found them. I found everything. So I got all There's the notes. The uh, sit, do what? There's a clue in the balcony. There's a clue in the balcony. And that clue is turn this on. Is that, is that the clue? <laughs> well, I, I just want to tell you, I, I want to tell you this. Thank you that that clue was not in my hotel room. Amen. And uh, so, because that would have been one ugly clue right there. I, I, I'd been like, I don't know. You must be a Buckeye. And uh, so, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just want to say thank you very, very much. And I, get, I enjoy every time that I, I am allowed to come. Uh, last year, I was only able to be here one service, and then I had to head out. And, uh, but this year, I'm here to irritate you for two nights. And uh, so, uh, Brother Jenkins, thank you very, very much. And it is true, is it not? Uh, when you have pride, you never say thank you. And, uh, and I just don't want to be that way. So take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter number 45. And uh, Brother Nip, you're the man. I was trying to remember his name. That's him right okay. there. And, uh, That's the man. You said he had a beard. Did you have a beard at one time? No. No? No. I tried. You tried, but no. just didn't work? It looked like mange. No. Okay. All right. Lighthouse, I just want to let you know that um, um, it speaks well of the churches in, in, in this town. It speaks well of the pastors and the churches when you can be in the same town and have a brotherhood and have a friendship. And I will tell you that that is unheard of. Please don't take that for granted. And uh, when, I, when God allowed me to serve as people there in Longview, the very first thing I did was go to every independent Baptist church in my area. And I just started saying, look, guys, we can get stuff done. And it is telling, very telling, uh, that when there's a group of churches that are just trying to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ and trying to love people, let me tell you something, that's a good town to live in. And then I promise you'll drive the crime rate down. Amen. And if that doesn't work, Brother Underwood's on the job. So we'll just get it all covered right there. Uh, but anyways, Genesis chapter 45. And if you're okay, why do preachers ask this? If you don't mind, would you do this? If you're okay, would you do this? And I'm waiting for the very first person to go, no. And uh, sit down. And uh, so, uh, so it's, it's, you know, you know and, and then you make dumb statements like this. Like when you're getting ready for invitation, you can be seated right where you're at. Like where else would you be seated at other than right where you're at? You know, no, be seated next to somebody you don't even like. And uh, Okay, okay. I, I know it's just us chickens here tonight. I'm getting ready to get on the platform last night. And, and this guy leans up and he goes, hey, pastor, I got a joke for you. And, uh, and I was like, what? So the choir's singing. And he goes, did you hear about the old couple? And, uh, and, and the wife couldn't hear. The wife just couldn't hear. And they're, they're going on a trip. And so they pull into a gas station. And, and the attendant looks at uh, the husband and says, hello, how you doing? And she goes, hey, what did he say? And he said, well, he, babe, he said, hello. Oh, okay. And uh, they, then, the, then the gas station attendant says, uh, where are y'all coming from? And the wife goes, what did he say? 
And uh, the, guest, the, guest, the, the husband says, honey, he, he just wanted to know where we're coming from. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then he goes, what, what town are you going to? And the wife goes, what did he say? Babe, he just wanted to know what town uh, that we're going to. Oh, okay. And uh, then the gas station attendant said, uh, now when you get to that town, you are, there's a woman in that town that y'all just need to stay away from. She talks a lot. She meddles in everybody's business. And she thinks she runs the entire world. And the wife goes, and what did he say? He said he met your mother. And uh, so, anyway, so. I thought that was funny because I am like standing there getting ready to go up on the platform and I didn't have the guts to tell that at the church back home. Thank you for allowing me to take it out on y'all because I was like, now that is funny. Okay, so um, I I love my wife's mother-in-law and uh, so that would be my my mom. Okay, all right, there you go. Hey, that's your nephew-in-law? Yes. I'm getting ready to get one of those. In fact, I'm getting ready to get two of those. Yeah, can you let me know how that goes? And uh, do, do you have to take care of him the way, same way you take care of your nieces? And Okay, all right. It's going to cost me money, isn't it? And uh, so I want to come to you tonight, and, uh, and I would say I won't be long, but that would be a total lie, and here's why. Because y'all got an extra hour of sleep yesterday, and so I figure it's worth another three revivals of what you have going on. Amen. But, but I want you to go to Genesis chapter 45, and uh, we're going to start reading in verse number 1. Genesis chapter 45. Can you throw me that, that water, Caleb, if you don't mind? Genesis chapter 45 and verse number 1. And Brother Weaver's worried about the, the bottles of water because uh, he's worried if I'm drinking from a big one, y'all going to be here a long time. And he was like, drink from that little one. And uh, I'll drink from both of them. So, uh, so we'll get it figured out. Then he said, be careful when the preacher puts the Gatorade up there. <laughs> We're here for a long time. And uh, Genesis chapter 45. And let's pray because I just want to start walking through the text. And if you're okay, <laughs> I'm just going to get right into preaching. I'm done asking questions. So Heavenly Father. Lord, I would like, first of all, to apologize to you for not being as grateful and as thankful and as glorifying to you as what I should be. And Lord, I am going to adopt the challenge for this month and may it turn into a lifestyle. No complaining. No complaining. Lord, we have been given so much. At the end of our life, you're not going to end up owing us anything. And for all the bad that has happened to us, your goodness and your blessings so outweigh anything that could ever go wrong. And Lord, we are living in the land of Goshen. And I don't even think we realize it. And Lord, thank you. Lord, I ask for your blessings now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at Genesis chapter 45. And we're going to pick up in verse number 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And the brethren could not answer him for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near me and come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. 
For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be uh, earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, I love this, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hey, she, go up to my father, say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. For thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children, and thy flock and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes Behold, your eyes see in the eyes of my brother Benjamin that is that that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that he hath seen. Ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them After that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren, take note of this, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, lay your beast, and go and get unto the land of Canaan. The little phrase right there, And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph's brethren are come. I'm going to preach for just a little bit, but before I give you my title, I want to just let all of us know here tonight that when you and I, that Genesis 45, when we look at it, is a prime example of how you and I, and here is the truth for the night, should treat those whether knowingly or unknowingly, have committed an injustice against us when they walk back into our lives. I'm going to preach on this subject, when your past comes to town. When your past comes to town. This is very interesting that Genesis 45 is convicting when you dive past the surface of the story and you realize the truth of the text. You know Joseph had to have handled properly the drama of his past because of the response of Pharaoh in his present. You know what it says in verse number 16. Look at it. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it what? Pleased Pharaoh. Well, this is amazing. And his servants. Joseph's attitude in front of his brothers had always been Joseph's attitude about his brothers when they were not around. No grieving, no anger. Attitude of God sent me before you to preserve you. God used me to deliver you and this entire land. 
God used you to send me to this place so that when life fell apart in your world, you could come to my world and I could be second in command. No wonder it pleased Pharaoh and the servants when Joseph was reunited with his family. I'm not sure what Joseph did say, but I know what he did not say. He did not accuse his family. He did not use angry words against his family. He did not point the finger of blame because when the news came to Pharaoh and his servants, Joseph and the brethren, Joseph's brothers had come to town. All of a sudden, the chatter, because the Bible says fame, and all of a sudden, can you hear the chatter, this second in command, this person that everybody reveres, this man that was smart enough to give an ingenious plan economically. And by the way, do not think that a government handout is going to help anybody in the time of a famine. Because that's not how Joseph operated economically in the famine. You know how Joseph operated? You got something, bring it, and I'll give you something. Nobody stood with a handout. It's another sermon for an economic plan, if you will. But I will tell you this. That all of a sudden, I can hear it rumbling through the land. Hey, did you hear? Did, did, did you hear? That that amazing man, his family came to town. Did you know that strangers that were coming in? Do you have any idea who those people were? How did they get into the palace and we didn't? Because that's Joseph's family. Like, like this is the brothers of the man. Joseph never revealed the source of his troubles that he had had in his past. No doubt Pharaoh knew his resume. No doubt Pharaoh knew. Hey, you know, there was a guy back there in prison. Right now he, he's in jail cell number whatever. And let me tell you something. We, 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 we my buddy had dreams. And he, he got it right. I feel sorry for that other guy that lost his head over the answer. And that was funny. But, 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 but he got it right. And, I, and I'm telling you, sir, if, if, if you all of a sudden need somebody to help you with your dreams, there's a convict down there in the prison that if you would bring to the palace, he knows a God that reveals secrets. And all of a sudden, I can see this man coming out of this prison. And, and, and the dossier is opened up. And the, and, and the, the record is opened up. And you, you are who? Sir, I am Joseph. Where do you come from? I come from a land far away from here. How in the world did you end up here? How, how long have you been away from home? 13 years, sir. Well, how long have you been in prison? Well, you know, it's been a couple of years. They forgot about me down there. But that's okay. <laughs> You know, I was having a good time. I became the prison psychologist, and I'm, I was having a good time. I've analyzed everybody. <laughs> well, where were you before them? Well, well, sir, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I was in a, I, I was in, you know, Potiphar. Uh huh. Do you know his wife? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows Potiphar's wife. Well, sir, I was working, and. Um, you know, I used to have a better set of clothes, but uh, she kind of got my coat, and, and uh, you go, really? 
Really? So, so how did you get to Potiphar's house? Well, I got to tell you, one day I had a dream. And I just had to open my big mouth to a group of people. And they didn't like my dream. Well, what was your dream? That, that I would be running their world. And I know, I know, as a teenage, stupid thing to say, but I told this group of people, you're going to bow down to me. Yeah, you're right. That wasn't a wise thing to say, but you were a teenager. I know, I know. So that group didn't like it. No, that group didn't like it. So what did that group do? Well, they, they thought maybe that they would throw me in a pit. Really? How did you feel about that? Man, I'd never been that deep in, deep under. Let me tell you something. It was kind of cold and damp down there. and oh, I just sat. I didn't know what else to do. And along came this slave guy. And, and uh, he said, hey, he bought you. Is that your first time to ever be away from home? Yeah, yeah, this is my first time to ever be away from home. Man, what a trip. Let me tell you something about that trip. We had just the best time until it realized I'm a slave. Joseph never revealed the who of his past. Joseph had difficult times. Joseph had hard times for 13 years. He was disrespected. But along the way, he never revealed the identity of who it was. He never bad-mouthed his family. He never qualified his lack of relationship with his family. He never one time tore down his brothers. I'm sure that Pharaoh said, you got family? I got family. Well, where's your family? Well, well you know, they, they live somewhere back there. You know, how's your dad? You, you, your dad get along? Oh, I love my dad. Well, what, what about your brothers? Man, I love my brothers. They're a little bit kooky at times, but I love my brothers. And you know how that youngest one is. They're spoiled brats. And that oldest one, Reuben, he thinks he runs everything. But I sure do love my family. Man, I love my family. I, I got a good family. In, in fact, i got to be honest with you, back where we come from, we own it all. We just own it all. Just hard times came. And here I am. But, but Pharaoh, that's of no consequence because we got a problem. And all of a sudden, every bad thing that happened to Joseph, he could have started it out this way. Um, you know, my family came to town. Before you meet my family, I need to explain them to you. <laughs> Now you're going to meet some personalities in my family and they're from west of the Mississippi or north or south of the Mississippi. And I, I, I just got to tell you right now, um, they'll irritate you and then you, you bet, you, I got to be honest with you, Pharaoh, don't turn your back or you'll end up in a pit. Okay, that's just all there's going to be to it. He never did that. You and I need to adopt the policy in our life that we are not going to let those who knowingly or unknowingly who did us wrong become part of our current conversation. You know why it's so quiet right now? Because our past just may come to town. And I think all of us need to take a page out of God's word in this godly trait. And we need to understand that 
If your past came to town, if that person walked through the back door, if that person decided to come back to church, if that person... Have we talked so much about who put us in the pit? Have we talked so much about the slavery we should never have experienced? And if your past comes to town, what will be the reaction of everybody around you? You know why churches cannot recover? And churches cannot let people back in? It is because when those who do us injustice and there's a parting of a relationship, we so make them the poster child for every bad thing that happens to us that if your past did come to town, the church wouldn't accept them. Am I speaking too heavy right now? Do I need to go down to the Methodist church? The church wouldn't accept them. You want to know why? They love you. It's not that they don't like them because they don't even know what happened to you. They they don't even know those people in your past. But is it not amazing that the fleshly human side of us want to lay blame at humanity's feet and then we have to make an excuse to why we are the way we are. And the only way we can get this done is that we cannot say God has kept me safe this entire time. But we have to justify our bad days and our bad attitudes at time. Well, I wouldn't be this way if... Ladies and gentlemen, when your past comes to town, everybody around you needs to be so ignorant of who it was that that maybe had their hand in your tough times in your life. And on your resume, you may be able to say, I had a pit, I had a Potiphar, I had all of this, and none of this would have happened if it hadn't started with this person. God will tell you this, as long as your past would cause you problems if they came to town, then you're always going to be living a life of slavery. I'm going to give you a couple of things, and, and then I just hope you'll think about this.